them come. This is their fate. Gotta do my Birdman rub. All right, all right. Welcome back to the House of Wolves podcast. I am your host, Deontay, with my friends, Jalen and Josh. And today we got quite the topics for you guys, all surrounding E3, talking about all the big moments, a lot about Elden Ring, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then potentially talk about some of the things we might want to see at Nintendo event, all the L's everybody's been taking with these events as well. So, uh, without further ado, you know, but usually before we start, I always ask my guys how they're doing. So, how is today going, Jalen and Josh? Uh, for me? Yeah, for you. My bad. For me, it's uh, <laughs> been a good... <laughs> yeah, it's just a talk it, it had L's. Uh, it's been a good summer. Um, you know, I've I just been trying to relax. I've been going to work you know but i'm not taking any classes this summer so just trying to enjoy my time and we just moved so getting getting used to the new um neighborhood going out a lot uh, other than that pretty good you know i mean it's not technically over but we can go outside without as many restrictions so it's been nice miss that yeah all right okay that's good that's good nice to hear nice to hear yeah i've been out there with my mask off um as well a little bit i ain't been out there crazy but a little bit uh what about you Jalen? y'all cutting up did you get your vaccine yet did you get your vaccine (laughs) i tried to yeah this man been talking about even trying to for the last three months crazy look man i really i went there i was like this is when I had that vacation. You know, they got me at at five a.m. and I ain't leaving till like six. Mm-hmm. I went to go get my vaccine, and I was sitting in the room for like thirty minutes. And I was just like, I had my appointment scheduled, so how can I get my vaccine? It's like, oh, some, some, some. And it's like somebody can be here in like fifteen minutes, and then I was supposed to be meeting my classmate. He was like, "Yeah, bro, I'll be at your crib at X, Y, Z," and I'm just looking like. Um, he gonna be there in 15 minutes. Y'all, ain't, y'all saying it's gonna take like 15 minutes to get my vaccine, and I need to, I need to sit down for 15 minutes after again. I'm just like, dude, I already been sitting here for like 30 minutes plus. So I was like, I'm gonna just have to catch y'all another time, bro. So uh, I just gotta schedule it again. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do it because I ain't trying to be dot ills when, you know, when I'm symptoms hit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, yeah. I, I think. Ours was pretty, you know, straightforward. They they was they was like they've been doing they do eight hundred a day, for some reason everybody in Ohio ain't been tripping about getting it. So it's like we have a pretty high percentage of people have already taken the vaccine. Um, but you know, it could be because of that vax a million. I don't know, man. People trying to win a million bucks. Uh, but as long as they doing it, I don't really I ain't really tripping. But that. That's been um that's been that's been cool to see at least people are taking it serious or at least even getting it whether they take it serious or not they're getting the vaccine, um, so it's that hasn't been bad they just been uh, running around running around like clockwork honestly, um at least at least at the place I went to I went to an actual hospital when they were they were scheduling that stuff, uh, but yeah I was just trying to get a quick 
I just went to CBS and stuff like that. But I was like, I, I probably just try to see if Northwestern can just like uh, give it to me or something like that, so I could just get maybe they be a little bit faster. Yeah, get it off your plate quicker, and quicker, faster, and in a hurry. Yeah, they uh, my uh, preceptor, she be like, yeah, I don't know why you know some of these patients don't got the vaccine. Yeah, I'd be in that mother. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man don't be wanting to expose himself. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> but no, nah, other than that, everything is straight though. I'm just doing my clinical rotations. I'm enjoying myself and still trying to get things situated. And I enjoyed myself this past weekend, so everything's smooth. Yeah, I um, I've been pretty much the same. I went to Kalahari with the family this weekend. That was interesting. I wasn't getting in that water. To, I was like, no, don't, don't even ask me, G. If y'all got a pump, they got, if they got a pump. Anything I feel like they got pumped so many, chem, so much chemicals in to keep it clean and safe. I don't need to be in it in, in, in the first place. So the chlorine was hectic. It was smelly. It was, it was just a bad. And the kids loved it. And I was happy I went there to see my, you know, my cousins, my nieces, and all that stuff. But um, I wasn't getting in that water, uh, and I didn't want to, so I didn't, uh, I went to an African safari, like the drive through safari, and we fed some yaks and some giraffes, and we still had a good time, I just didn't get, in, I didn't actually go to Kalahari to swim, I was like, I'm just not happening, but it was, um, it was still fun, they enjoyed themselves, um, we had a good time, and it was, uh, nice seeing everybody, uh, for the first time in a very long time. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Cool, cool, cool. Was down there till Sunday. Uh, went down there for the weekend. So I was trying to watch E3 stuff. Um, <laughs> I was trying to watch E3 stuff, but I was like, forget it. The ones that, I, the ones that I miss were trash. I mean, what I didn't miss was Microsoft and that was the best one. So I was totally fine with missing most of that junk. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much been my weekend. It was, uh. It was fine. Good. I, I enjoyed myself. Got to relax a little bit. Um, yeah, it was cool. But moving forward to the stuff that we guys actually want to hear about is um, our opinions on these events, our opinions on these games launching, our opinions on these trailers and all that good jazz. Uh, so first thing we want to start off with, because it's probably going to be the longest topic because it was the best one. Uh, was Microsoft's um, event. Microsoft actually held an E3 conference like, you know, normal people should do. This is for that. That's a jab at you, Sony. Um, and they actually showed off some good stuff. And um, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, I think only person that I've seen it was also was Josh. How'd you, what would you grade it before we talk about it, um, Josh? Um... Quick grade one through ten. I guess. Like, I feel like it, it's at least like a, a B. Like, you know, B? it wasn't oh, perfect, okay. but it was pretty. I mean, I don't know if you want to do the numbers, like an eight or a, or a seven or eight, something like that. It was pretty decent. Um, you know, it had a few things I didn't expect. Overall, it wasn't like a lot of, I guess, like very very big announcements, but everything seemed to be pretty clear. Like, these are the games we got coming out they're exclusive these are the mm -hmm. dates that they're coming out 
Um, you know, they had a couple that were far out, but it, at least they were trying to highlight, like, this is, you know, what you've been waiting for. Like, you know, Halo's coming out this holiday. Forza's coming out in, like, two months. Yeah. So, yeah, they seem pretty um, prepared, which I, I liked, because, you know, their past conferences, like, last year, it was pretty, like, all over the place. Like, they, you know spend too much time on indie games or stuff like that yeah. and into what people want to see. Uh, so so it was pretty good. Um, I, for me, the biggest highlight, I guess, was... Uh, well, before we go, I guess, I guess oh, okay. before we go into the highlights, let's, let's, let's just go through, let's talk about, I guess, the structure and how they kind of presented themselves. So you gave it an 8 out of 10 because of them providing clarity in their in their in their presentation right they just was clear on what they were trying to do and the execution was clear as well correct or did you have yeah, they like spent a lot of time talking about right. stuff like they showed mm-hmm. the trailers on to the next trailer pretty right. clear like this is you know day one exclusive and coming to game pass so right like it, it was pretty understandable like compared to sony sometimes you know you don't know if the game coming to ps4 or not because they don't it's not clear <laughs> Right, uh, exactly. Yeah, so I think I think I think that held true as well for me as well. It was kind of like a a understanding of everything that they were kind of showing, as well as giving actual dates and time frames, and being able to be held accountable to those, and like seeing those times is is really good. I also enjoyed again the same thing where you said they they didn't talk much. I was like. I didn't see a car come down from the ceiling. It's it's nice to see those gimmicks sometimes, but rather, if you have the catalog to back up a two hour and thirty minute, um, you know, actual presentation, and all you can do is games. That's more impressive than anything of you talking about them and you know giving more information. That's what the blogs are for. That's what people can go and look at the, the additional sites and and bring up all that additional information. So I appreciated how they presented it. Uh, maybe it was a time constraint on why they did it that way, but that was the best way I could have possibly gotten that information. So I give it a 10 out of 10 for just presentation alone. I'm not saying that it was it was 10 out of 10 worthy of the game quality or anything like that, but I'm saying that the presentation was 10 out of 10 for me because it did exactly what it needed to do and it didn't provide anything less. You know, it, it needed it gave me exactly what I was looking for um, in that regard. Um, I guess now we can kind of, I guess, I don't think you saw it, right? Jalen, you didn't see anything about it, correct? Yeah, I didn't see nothing. Okay. So, uh, but basically to fill you in, they was back to back games. They ain't had nothing else to really, they ain't have much to discuss outside of just showing the games. They didn't show a lot of footage of the games, which is a pretty, which was a, one of the downsides. They showed a lot of CGI. They showed a lot of, you know, concept of like what it would look like and things like that. Not really uh, heavy on the gameplay wise, but they definitely had their moments where it was um, impactful, at least with the, what they shown and what they were kind of presenting. Uh, but yeah, it was a overall, a solid uh, presentation. Uh the, I guess the highlights now, Josh, yeah, you can kind of go into what was your highlight for the conference? Um, it, it was a couple, but for me personally, I guess it, it would be Halo Infinite because that's the game mm-hmm. they showed off before. You know, people didn't like what they saw, and I felt like they 
you know, took it to heart and they were really like want to be very careful with what they show from Halo because they haven't seen it like, yeah. almost a year. Um, and yeah, it seemed pretty straightforward. Like it, it is a Halo game. They're going more classic, which I know a lot of people like. I didn't, I didn't mind Halo Five. Like I like the additions, but I know people overall want more classic Halo. Um, it looked pretty good on the gameplay sides, and yeah, I, I mean, I was gonna play it anyways, but um, they seem pretty confident with the multiplayer. It's gonna be free to play, so hopefully, people actually get into it and enjoy it. Um, a couple other games that look good, like I don't really play Forza, but uh, Forza looked good. I got to run it back with my brother on that one now. You got to get to the real <laughs> drag races. He's going to be about to buy the most fastest car on that one, too. So. <laughs> yeah, and it come out soon. Like, yeah. I, I guess people weren't expecting it. Like, it, it wasn't uh, announced. Announced or like, anything. It was just, like, yeah. out of the blue. That's, yeah. that's coming out. And, um, yeah, a couple other little games. Like, Redfall is far out, but I thought their concept was interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main thing is like anything that I was kind of interested in, they were all coming to Game Pass, so I at least feel like you know I'm gonna try them out. Yeah, that's what's the best part about it. I think the the biggest sale point and the biggest thing for me again would also, um, are are you done with your like your big moments that you really enjoyed before I go into mine? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm interested in Back for Blood, but that's pretty, you know, we've seen that type of game. It's just Left for Dead, just better yeah. or newer. Um, but yeah, those were the four that I'm at least looking for for this year or, you know, this year and next year. Yeah, I think um, some of the bigger ones that I was like really like excited to see. And I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna keep it uh, banned because this might this might not be something people want to hear. I feel like um, Halo didn't need a, a Halo need extra time, but I think they showed off kind of the same thing that they were probably going to show off before, outside of a smaller edition of polish. I think Halo Infinite was already complete. I think they should have showed Master Chief more than they showed the. Uh, the uh, Hispanic individual. I'm not sure who that new guy was. It didn't seem like it was much different outside of I think those moments were already going to be impactful. I think those moments were Halo, where where it showed Master Chief doing Master Chief stuff. Maybe that should have been the way that they presented it the first time. But I don't think it was any big difference from what they showed previously. I think that it was still going to be a solid game with a good story if people would have just gave it a chance to come out. Yeah. Now, I, I think, think that they are now refining things and allowing new things to kind of work out a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I think that game was still already kind of made the way it was going to be made. And they may have now been tweaking a little bit of stuff for the year. So, Yeah. Well, because they delayed it a year, and for that type of game, that's not yeah. a lot to actually change. Like, yeah. you can, you know, improve loading and pop yeah. in and stuff like that. But the game itself is finished, like you said. Yeah. The main thing, I feel like, is just presentation. Like, that's why they hired that guy that was on the stage. Because he's yeah. an ex-Bungie employee and worked on all the, the Halo cutscenes and stuff. So he knows how to, how classic Halo looks. And I, I guess, as long as you get people to feel like it's yeah. the game they want to play or they what they're interested in. Yeah. They'll give it a try, you know. 
I mean, like you said, the story's the same, and they didn't change anything else. It's just they're trying to present it in a in a better way. way, so people you know resonate with it more, which is totally fine. I I feel like that was something that they lacked anyway. They lacked the ability to present a game in a great way to make it feel as if it was going to be something impactful, and that's why a lot of games that they maybe have great you know mechanics or great story they don't really get seen in the light of day or like see people play them often because of the inability to kind of showcase a game in a more uh, a meaningful way um because they're not used to it they're not they're not used to making movies sony's is used to making movies sony knows what it lo- takes to get people excited about creation you know what you created so it's not hard for them to kind of bring out those big moments and make it seem bigger than life than what it really is when really you're going to just be playing the same type of gameplay and a better story that's it so it's it's um it's really that that presentation part that that they had to kind of fix and get better at and um I really enjoyed the Halo uh, Master Chief cutscene where he was flying through space doing some awesome stuff as usual. His one-liners, his talk with Cortana, uh, or the, I don't know her name, the new AI, um, about that. So what it did for me was already resonate that they were going to take their time to kind of, you know, provide a story that's at least meaningful or impactful in some way. Um, and then the, And then multiplayer being free on top of that, it just... It just helps that game keep breathe life into it further down the line as seasons and seasons go on and people drift away. People may come back because it is a free game. So both two big smart moves. I think he probably had a hand in making that game free to play with multiplayer because it just makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they was talking about <clears throat> the story and multiplayer coming out at different times. Yeah. They didn't want to do that. So Yeah, they, they pushed that to the... Um, they made sure that, that that stuff came on at the same time too, to keep the excitement there. And um, so, like again, he probably came through and made some smart decisions in regards to how that presented and how they wanted that stuff to roll out. Um, and and that's 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 going to benefit them uh, definitely, as long as they keep to it and um, they deliver a solid game. Not need I don't need a ten out of ten from Halo. All I need is a solid seven to eight out of ten. As long as the story is fun and the multiplayer is great, because um, I miss playing. I played little Halo Five today because I missed like the floatiness and the crunchiness of that game um, over like Apex and over um, Destiny. So it's kind of like it has its own feel that I'm not used to playing. Even though I haven't, I just got introduced to Halo like three two years ago. I didn't play that game like that, um, but I, I can tell the difference of how Halo should feel when I was playing all of the older games and then I was playing Halo 5. I prefer Halo 5 because the simple fact is is that it is the most it is most updated version of a Halo experience. I don't prefer going back to play those types of games. Like I love Destiny 1. I'm not going back to play it because, because Destiny 2's multiplayer is bad. I'd rather than fix Destiny 2 multiplayer. There's plenty of things that they change that are just significantly better and superior than it was in Destiny 1. Even though I preferred in that time space that Destiny 1 was good. Halo 5 is kind of that thing for me where it's like, yeah, I liked Halo 2's multiplayer and I liked the Halo 3's multiplayer. And I liked the Reach multiplayer because I, I played a little bit of that as well. But 
the one that I kind of gravitate back to because it has a sprint button. It's modernized. <laughs> um, is Halo Five, and people might be upset about that, but that's how I like to play games. I like to see them evolve. I don't like them to see the same. It's kind of boring at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think me missing that is is a good is a good sense of scale where people may be missing Halo's multiplayer. So it being free it being on pc um definitely will keep it fresh and keep people um entertained for a long time especially with the forge community stuff so definitely um smart decisions there anything you want to add there josh um i was gonna ask jalen just to remind me what was the last halo game you played was it or played a lot of was that like four or is it reach all right, the last ones I played was uh, like foreign, yeah, foreign reach. I never really played Halo Five. Yeah, but um, I know people because what they added for uh, did they add sprinting? Like everybody could sprint in four, something like that. Uh, like... Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a armor ability. And Halo Reach is a armor ability, and and four, uh, everybody is able to sprint. Um, I don't. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's what it was. They they had a sprint for everybody on there. So do you now you know, based on the games that you like to play, do you feel like you could play like a Halo game without a sprint button or FPS without a sprint button, or do you think that Halo should just be like, you know, slower pace? Mm, honestly, I don't know. I ain't played Halo in a long time. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I can. I might be able to. Um, I will say on Halo Reach, though, I always gravitated to the, the sprint class instead of, like, I know people used to, like, run an armor lock because it's, like, efficiency or I don't like jetpacks because you're the bullet sponge or whatever. So I don't know if I really – basically what I'm saying is I don't know if I chose sprint because of its utility and it's, like, like the, uh, the multi-purpose of it, the universal purpose of it, or if it's because I didn't care about using the other ones and – they slowed down the game uh, pace or whatever. Um, but to answer your question, though, I, I feel like I will be able to play Halo without a sprint button. I mean, I don't I feel like I played Halo so long without a sprint button that the latter point of me playing Halo, like it wasn't the sprint button was cool to have and stuff like that. But I don't think it's mandatory because I played uh, two, I played three. Um, I played Reach. You can't always sprint and reach, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you had ODST, you didn't have no sprint button, so I don't I don't think it's mandatory for me to have a sprint button. But again, I ain't played Halo in a long time. So I just fight Halo always had this slower paced combat and it take longer to kill people and it's like real floaty and you can kinda like be acrobatic to some capacity. Like it always had that feel to it. But that might be dated too though. So I feel like yeah. Halo five still has that feel and uh at least for me, I feel like I can maneuver past people, throw a grenade, and kind of get back into cover because they have a dodge button as well. Because um, I was just recently, I, like I said, I was just playing it like 40 minutes ago. And um, I was able to get some good, some nice kills on two team on two team members because simply I threw a grenade, bounced back into cover, came back out with a pistol, and finished them off easy. Um, where it kind of it delays you to it delays your movement, so it still gives you best I guess best of both because you can't if you continuously sprint you don't get your health back, 
and so it slows down the pace so you know that okay if he's sprinting towards me he's still weak because he didn't allow his armor to regen so you still get that ability to kind of make a decision okay should i continuously fight him or should i just slow down a little bit and pop back in the cover and try to heal up and it gives you that this that that decision making skill to kind of still outmaneuver your opponent so that's what I enjoyed about at least playing it for a little bit was that, okay, I still have the ability to be tactical in how I approach these two people that may be trying to swarm me right now, or maybe have a, you know, a, or, um, you know, what's some things called those, those swords that that's trying to charge me. I can still bounce to the side, keep shooting him and kind of play off of his movement. So it still gives you that, even though it's kind of got that sprint button now. Yeah. I feel like I, I like five, and I feel like it was an improvement overall just because of the stuff that you don't really think about that you need. Like, you can crouch, but you can also slide, like Destiny mm -hmm. or Apex, you know, where you couldn't slide in any other Halo game. You you know, when you jump on a ledge, they'll grab it and pull themselves up, whereas before, like, if you couldn't get over the ledge, you would just fall back down because you didn't jump high enough. And it's just like stuff like that that is common in all FPS. When you go back to Halo 4, it just feels so not slow. I didn't. I don't think the gameplay was ever slow. Like I think people tend to like stay on one side of the map. Um, but the, you know the gunfights are pretty quick because the time to kill is high. Um, but not being able to like be agile and like you know get behind quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It it feels like once you step out in the open you just you're at a distance you it's know. like you have to commit to that fight and i hate type yeah. those types of games where you have to commit to a fight where you can't get out of it um and if you don't if you basically lose that fight is it's ails and i think maybe that's maybe that's part of halo's destiny but uh, or, or or history but i don't like that type of gameplay that gameplay is boring to me it doesn't give you the ability to outmaneuver your opponent it makes it feel yeah. as if you're at a disadvantage if you're trying to push and everybody else is at an advantage and that's why i really love apex because movement characters are very important and the ability to move and play outplay your opponent and get away is very it's very unique just like titanfall 2 just like titanfall 1 just like um destiny you can maneuver you can get out the way i like playing with the hunter simply because he has a dodge ability um those types of you know games make me have a, it makes my enjoyment go up higher because simply because of those those types of mechanics so um i think halo staying halo is is not going to really push the genre genre forward in a meaningful way so me seeing them have grappling hooks me seeing them have um the sprint button still there and them you know those movement ideals and things like that being able to reflect stuff like all that stuff looked crazy i was like this is what i want from a halo game i want innovation i want uniqueness but i also want that crunchy feel of how that game play so as long as they provide that which that trailer for multiplayer showed that i have no i have no problem putting time into that game no problem learning to get better at that game so I think I'm gonna do that with with this with this Halo because I really I really have been um, I I really been you know gravitating towards that type of gameplay and um, that type of style and that's why our next topic Battlefield <laughs> they, 
and they threw that yeah, hook out there. <laughs> same thing. I was like, I'm about to play that too. Like, shoot, give me movement. You got me. That's pretty much all I need. I need movement. I don't. I don't want to play a slow, un- unbalanced game. And um, that's what it was for me with Halo. It just felt like grenades were overpowered, and it felt like you couldn't get away from nothing. And that's why I couldn't play the regular ones. And I was like. I'd rather play Halo 5. And then that's when I started playing Halo 5 and I gravitated a little bit more towards that. And that, But nobody liked it. So it wasn't like I was... And, but I think this one is the best of both worlds and it feels like people are going to probably give it a more of a chance at this point. So we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely see. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't played Halo in a while and stuff, so I ain't really... Uh, got much say. Um, I just remember Halo. You just you shoot at each other with a assault rifle. And you run up and punch each other, and half the time y'all gonna kill each other at the same time. I remember a lot yeah. of death men involved with Halo. So, um, but I mean, I just That's feel like the it's thing just... I, I was surprised about Destiny is that like you don't really kill each other. Like, it, that happened all the time in Halo. Like y'all both got a shotgun, y'all both shoot each other, and y'all both die. I just got used to that, but like. And that's weird in FPSs, so I guess that's something that, um, like you say, since it's slower paced, you just got used to that. Yeah, yeah and I mean, and, and Halo, the, the hitboxes for heads and stuff was a lot greater. Um, double kills was pretty frequent in that game. Um, killing sprees were too. Um, it's just a lot of stuff in that game that you just, I, I will argue that it takes more skill to play Call of Duty than it do to play, play Halo. Yeah, but. I could I could see that. Um, I think hey, I think Call of Duty is a little bit more of a. It's a it's a it's 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 more of a Twitch game. That game has no real, in my opinion, it doesn't have a real strategy to it. It just has a lot of of a lot of things that could possibly be better than the next person's loadout. I don't find that game to be tactical in any way. To be honest, that's Call of Duty, though. Call of Duty just always felt as if there was nothing about movement that mattered. It was all about who saw who first and who had to drop on who first. There was the skill is kind of taken off the table most of the time. And there's like those, you know, the dolphin drops and like, you know, doing those things that help you become better. But really, in all reality, those are just like like it's not a cheater's mentality there's manipulating of the game and how it runs but those aren't things that necessarily every player are supposed to have access to but the same thing would come with apex people jumping off the walls and and you know jumping and, and finessing you those things that people don't have access to so i understand it but there's more skill in um being better at apex than it is at being in call of duty in my opinion i just don't think that game was ever really a a esports <laughs> difficult game it was it's just it, it wasn't for me i feel like halo was a little bit less of it, it didn't have that like um it didn't have that it had a, it had a following for people that was dedicated to playing halo and it was competitive but it was also too uh it was it was too uh i don't know i can't i can't really put my finger on it it's not like an overwatch it's not like a a game that's really competitive and has a, like a, a a synergy to it. 
these games just don't have that most of the time. And I think that's why they're so they're they're more it's fun to play with friends. It's just fun to go around and grab something and kind of fight. But it's not like a dedicated game where you would see a lot of people gravitating to her in a competitive sense. Um, I think I think I think those games that do that, they have to be more refined. They have to be more they have to have more to them than just you know, being able to get to the weapon first, you know, getting to a certain drop first. If you got a powerful drop on the, on the, on the, on the, in the ring, um, that's, that's just not, uh, competitive to me. And, yeah, um, Halo is well, always well, about map control, like yeah. having the good areas in the map, knowing where the power weapons spawn and like knowing where the enemies are going to spawn. And like, it, it wasn't really spawn camping because it, it, that wasn't really a big issue in Halo, but at least if you know like they're spawning downhill and you stand uphill, your whole team is standing up there, Ooh. then you can you know, pretty much win the match. Kind of like Destiny where you know, it'd be like a 5,000 point lead because they really can't do nothing. Um, whereas Call of Duty, like either you just want to get a good spot, like you hide behind a crate somewhere and just killing people, or you just run around the map and trying to get the drop on people so it's it is very different um i feel like i feel like i'm 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 disrespecting a lot of people that play call of duty seriously i think what i should say then is call of duty is easy to get good at because all you have to do is understand them 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 you have to understand maps, the maps, and you have to understand what techniques most people are using that, that probably don't have, they, they don't have access to or don't have the ability to learn. Um, there is nothing about, okay, how do I get better at using this skill? When should I use it? What timing should I implement this in? It's nothing like that. There's no decision making in that part, but you can become really good at shooting people. So that's great. Well, I mean... But with that, with that same argument, though, I would say, like, okay, so when I think of competitive games and stuff like that, I think of like Smash Bros. I think of Overwatch. I think of um, like, um, continue. Like the 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 thing the thing that really separate the characters when I think of like Fighter Z stuff like that, the games mm-hmm. don't take much to like learn how to play and stuff like that. But in order to be good at the game, it requires a certain amount of reaction time, which is why people use paddles and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, perfecting these tasks while in the midst of combat and knowing when to use it. So, like, a big thing is, like, people always talk about Halo jumping. People always talk about um, drop shot and stuff like that. Call of Duty ain't got as many little things but what I will say is, uh, I don't. Basically, what I'm saying is like, to those games are competitive to a certain degree. But because there's less variation in the game, you can't, you can't like, I, I wouldn't call them super competitive. And the same thing goes for Halo because Halo has a lot of tendencies that Call of Duty has. But like something like Smash or Fighter Z or Overwatch, because people got roles, because people have different outlines of who they are versus everybody in Call of Duty. You're pretty much the same person. The only thing that differs you is your kill streaks and your class that you're running with. I mean, you can say sensitivity and all that type of stuff. You're pretty much the same as the next person. 
in Smash Bros, you got different matchups and all these different frame data. Uh, same thing with Fighter Z. This person good at playing this assist. Same thing with Overwatch. So those games are more competitive. The point I'm trying to make is I don't feel like Halo is any more competitive or any less competitive or Call of Duty is any less competitive than what Halo is because you're not, you're, you don't have roles and stuff in that game. And you can always say, like, we can spawn camp or find the power weapons or notice to get the better side of the map, head glitch, all that type of stuff. Um, but I don't feel like those games are, they're, they're on the same frequency when they come to, like, being competitive and stuff like that. You can be more tactical with your team and stuff like, okay, watch that sign. Gen- side usually there's two spawns over here, so people might be more apt to running this way. We just need to watch somebody on a grab lift or whatever, that type of stuff. But I don't feel like, I feel like those two are on the same frequency when it comes to competitiveness because of everybody. You, you, you're you the same person as the next. So you can't, the yeah. only thing going to separate you is your um, I'll say, for me, I feel like I've never met, like, played it against somebody in Call of Duty that I feel like I just can't beat. Like, it's, you know, yeah. it's pretty level playing field. I see them first. I'm going to kill them unless I just don't hit my shots. But I feel like everybody's on the even playing field. Ain't nobody, like, super sweet at the game. Like, you know, you can argue about sniping and stuff like that. But generally, it's pretty even. Halo and like Smash, those are, I mean, not exactly the same, but those are games that I felt like there are people who are just way better at the game than me, than I'll ever be. Like You I felt like that Halo. with Halo? In Halo 3, you know, sniper bullets ricochet, but pe- there, I fought people who would ricochet bullets uh, from the sniper around corners and kill people, like consistently. And I felt like because of how limited what you could do, like, I can't get to him, and he's just going to keep sniping me, so I'm just not going to engage with that person at all. Um, I mean, that's I wouldn't say that's true about every Halo game, but there are, I feel like with using the tools that you have in that, there's might be a higher skill ceiling in some situations. Yeah, I mean, I, I, could, I could see some of that, but I mean, then that part come in, like, you could talk about, like, maps and different placement and you know things like that i just never felt like halo and call of duty i honestly felt like it was people in call of duty that i might not be able to touch versus in halo because in halo i just felt like there's so much stuff you're going for going for you you don't have to know the little intricacies that's going to separate the pros from the the uh the gods of the game like like melee prime example people glitch the game all the time l cancel wave dash and that stuff is what y'all had access to, but that stuff is going to require y'all to be able to effectively put in this input and understand, you know, like spacing and all that other type of stuff, knowing your data, your character, how far he can reach in different matchups. Like, I feel like it's a much more greater ceiling with those games like Overwatch. Okay, well, I'm fair or whatever, so I probably shouldn't go against like a... Uh, a Widowmaker far away, and I don't know matchups on Overwatch and stuff, or I'm like, Ash, I'm, I shouldn't go fight Reinhardt by myself because that's stupid. That's a waste of time. That's terrible gameplay. Like, um, versus Halo, all right, he's just good at this map or something. He's not a sniper or something, but that's not something that's not accessible to you. You just need to learn. You're going to need to spend a little bit of time to do that versus you trying to learn how to L cancel and effectively do it in a game while considering a matchup that you're going up against. So I just felt like I ain't never felt like the 
I felt like I came across people in Call of Duty. I'm like, man, I can't touch that dude, bro. This dude got 40-some kills, and I don't know how he got it, bro. He got 40 kills, and we only halfway through domination. He finna hit 100 at this rate. Like, I felt yeah, like that was But a lot of that is also like, just, like, playing the map smartly. It's not like he's one-on-one beating everybody. He, there he is no one on 40 people in one-on-one fights. Like, Yeah. I feel like I feel like what you what what we're what we're what we're getting at is essentially is that the the same thing is that neither one of those games are have the skills or the 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 abilities to finesse or to to provide a a more a more competitive uh, environment, c- competitive environment uh, as you, as we would put it because when when we play games a lot most of the time they have a lot of variation to them. And the reason why we like those types of games that have a lot of variation to them because it provides a more meaningful fight for every engagement that we do because we have to we have to go against the elements. So if we're not doing that often, we don't feel like it's that interesting. We always seem like, okay, well, it's just another regular average person. So we're not, like, I always lose interest in Call of Duty because that's what it is. It's like, I don't care enough to continue to play this because it's not that impactful when I beat somebody because I know down the line they could beat me again because all they did was all I did was shoot them faster. So I don't see the I don't the argument is the same, really. Yeah, you need more things to kind of engage with and how you how it impacts the game is important because those things is what drives you to continuously play like an apex. I feel like regardless of what I, how I play it, if, if, even if people feel like the, the, uh, the abilities are minimized, I play Loba different than I play Rampart. I play Rampart different than I play Gibraltar. And I always do that because there's always different things I have to engage with. I have to be smart about it and how I engage these characters and their unique abilities. So that always brings more fun to the game for me. I don't know if it does for y'all, but that's what it always does for me. It always makes me feel like, okay, now how do I how do I make a better decision? Yeah. Overwatch, I like Overwatch. Again, it's polished. Again, I always feel the same way about that. Everybody is not universal. You have to pick a role, and sometimes you have to stick with it, and that sucks for me. But this game gives you a little bit of freedom to be a healer attacker because <laughs> Jalen definitely doesn't sit back even though he's a lifeline it doesn't sit back to do that he always runs to the fight which is fine because you still can have the ability to get good enough with a lifeline to be on the front lines and healing people so that's that's what I like about the games that actually provide variety and um, as long as the grappling hook will provide me more mobility the the uh, ability to now um, grab people out the you know actually push people out of their uh, their um, their 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 arm or I guess their not their weapons but their uh, what am I trying vehicles. to say yeah their vehicles grab grapple them out the vehicles things like that that's all stuff that's going to impact the game in a meaningful way so all those things. Uh, when I was seeing them, made me made me made me happy because again, it's a prop. It's providing 
that that new field, that new experience, that more engagement, more variety, more finessing um, s- to be able to grapple up and snipe somebody across the map. That takes a little bit more practice and a little bit more skill or a little bit more, uh, you know, awareness of where people are than it would to just normally jump up top of a thing and know that that person probably going to be on this ledge. because That's the only sight line they can get to get to me. There's now multiple sight lines that you can take because you can grapple on the walls. Just like a pathfinder. You like I have to look out for everything. I can't just be looking in front of me. I have to look at everything. And that's more fun for me because it gives me the ability to finesse more often. That's all it is. Um, so I get what you're saying, Jalen. You're like, yeah, I don't see the difference between Halo and this game because it's all the same in regards to how you push and how you kind of finish a fight. But um now with these additional elements, hopefully, you know, with the, you, I, I don't know what all, who all has that ability to bounce, reflect things off of them now. I don't know who has the ability to put down a, a, a turret or a shield in the middle of the fight. I don't know who has that now. So I have to be a little bit more thoughtful about my engagements and how I approach people versus just knowing that, okay, he probably got a grenade. He probably got a assault rifle. And we're probably going to go head up and we're going to see who take who, who get this fight out. But now I have to think about multiple things. So that stuff is fun for me. May not be fun for everybody, but it's at least fun for me. And um, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's kind of my take on what y'all were saying, at least. And I hopefully yeah. I wrap that up. Uh, yeah, correctly. we can move on to Battlefield because it was uh, a couple things I wanted to say about it. Because like, I did, I never been in the battlefield like i played some of battlefield 3 yeah but for me those games are just too big and i always felt i was you know just out in the open like crouching behind a car trying not to get sniped and it, right. it just never felt like i know that's what people like because you're really like in the heat of the battle but mm-hmm. um, i felt very limited on what i could actually do uh by myself unless you're playing in the squad and your squad all sticking together then maybe you can do some more damage. But like this, you know, it's still, I feel like it's still a battlefield game. You can be blowing up buildings and getting mm-hmm. helicopters and stuff like that. Um, but like you said, the grappling hook and they also got like the wingsuit. Yeah. And just like more mobility options to take advantage of the, the verticality of the map. The large um, space, yeah. Yeah. And plus, I mean, Frostbite games always look good, but that one looks like very dynamic. Like, I don't know how it'd be. Like I know before, like they had different things, like buildings would blow up and fall and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, Man, they showing y'all the PC version. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they did say the next gen version is 120 people. 128 uh, people of lobbies, 128 yeah. player lobbies. A PC and you know, PlayStation 5 and stuff. But we'll see how, how the console versions actually play. But I feel like that type of game, maybe it's better on PC. Like, I feel like you won't have any limitations, you know? Yeah. I think they only show one game that was, like, at the conference that they actually showed that was going to be 4K60, and that was Far Cry 6. And they actually show what the game looks like on the Xbox Series X. But I don't know. I think Battlefield was just that in-game engine, right? Or was I wrong? Did they say that? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think they said anything about... It actually, yeah. Yeah. Running it on the game, on the console, so um, but 
I would expect it to look very similar in a, in a way, not very similar, but similar in a way to the graphics and like the, cause it wasn't as if it was like, it looked it really good, but it wasn't like, it, it was like overly done with the, with the, with the, with the, um, with the, with the wind flares and all that extra stuff. It just seemed like it was actually running in the engine. So it seemed like it was, yeah. it was doing all that stuff real time and it, and it didn't look like, uh, it still looked amazing that way, you know, because it was running in real time and all these big moments and all this stuff was happening. But it wasn't like, you know, you know, that movie effect on it where they where they dazzle it up a thousand percent. You know, that wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, but so, I think it still looked really good, though. Yeah, if that stuff is actually as dynamic as it looks, you know, the storm come through or the tornado come through and it just changes how the map is played and how you engage with stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I'll, I'll at least maybe give it a try. We'll see. Because I feel like it's, uh, I think it's sixty dollars on PC, but I don't know what it is on console. If it's mm. not seventy, then I might try it or you know see if it's with EA it. Play. What we get it for sixty two ninety nine because it's pre order right now. Okay. Yeah, so you'll get it for ten percent off. But yeah, it, but if you wanted to buy it physical, it would be seventy. Unfortunately. Cause EA is moving forward with their with their trash, um, but yeah, it's um it's sixty two ninety nine if you buy it via um through the Game Pass and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Only other thing is is no story mode. It's just right. multiplayer, which is cool for some people. But again, seventy dollars for just multiplayer game is a, a big it's ask. Big big uh, ask, especially if it's not like. If they're asking for battle passes and all that stuff at the end of it too, I was I would think Battlefield would want a battle pass and things like that. So you're asking us to pay for entry to just play the game, but then you're also and then they then you got Halo on the other side that probably put just as much effort into it and they got it for free and and like yeah it starts to get dicey there. But I do really want to play that game, <laughs> so I more than likely will still cop. But it's, it's unfortunate that they um, EA has um, put their little, little crummy hands on it. But it is what it is. I'm I'm actually excited for a Battlefield game, and that's the most important part. Is that there are actually multiple games that are on the horizon that actually seem intriguing and interesting to play. Uh, mechanic wise and um not just to look pretty it actually looks like they're are trying to make these games you know these big arena games because they've seen people do it enough you know like apex does it well enough where they make a big map seem small with the zip lines and ability to move around the map quickly with their redeployment beacons there there has to be ways for you guys to do the same thing in your games so um that 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 moment to moment gameplay has to be able to be uh captured at any given time regardless of where you are on the map you know what i'm saying and that if that if that happens then you got to you got to hit on your hand uh with battlefield have you ever played a battlefield game jalen yeah man i play what i play i play i think the main one i was playing was i played battlefield 2 Battlefield 3. I used to play uh, they still let you set of lobbies on there and mm-hmm. I used to play like Team Deathmatch I think it was like first person or like 500 kills on Asher Canals. Like, 
Bro, Nasher Canal is on Battlefield 3, bro. We used to be on there just... It just be like 500 kills to like 32 people just running around shooting each other and... Like, I mean, it was a team, obviously. It's not like you, you know. But, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... And then I used to play, uh... Rush on another one. That's why I had got them that Russia talk when it was like the enemy has said the charge. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy has defused the charge. <laughs> it's like we're getting got since kick with us. Hey, that, <laughs> that game was funny, dude. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean Battlefield, I, I play like the Nashrick or now say every now and again I play Rush just to hear the Russian dudes talk. But mm-hmm. when I played Nashrick Canals, I just like playing it because it was like quick engaging. Cause whenever you play like Conquest or something like that, or sometimes you just be like Rush did a. If I remember, Rush is like you. You basically like hit point A, B, C, D, and E or something like that, and it oh, kind of kept yeah. the battle like isolated. Versus if you just play like a, I think it might be like a regular like team deathmatch or Conquest, and everybody just minding yeah, their business. Just yeah, somebody <laughs> on the tower over there, somebody in that building. Somebody in the tank and everybody just spread out, just shooting super far away. Kind of like, um, I guess, Warzone. Like, it feels like that, where it's just a huge ass map and people just out nowhere. Uh, whereas Conquest was a little better, at least it, they like used to segment the, uh, uh, I mean, Rush used to segment the, um, the zones to be pretty small, like equal, even sized squares uh, until you push the next zone. Yeah, so that that's made that was better like a better game mode play. But like Josh said, bro, you got all these people on the map. You just hear a random helicopter flying. You hear a sniper shot come at you. Yo, dude, just fall and hit the ground. The screen turned dark. Uh, you just you just chilling. Like I used to fall asleep on that game. Y'all know I'm gonna fall asleep on a game, and that was a game <laughs> I fall asleep on because I'm like, man, I just spent 20 minutes playing this map, mm-hmm. and I seen like. I'm like two and five or like, I ain't see nobody, bro. Like it was just, they just, and then you'll just run through this random warehouse and one dude will run up and shoot you. Just be like, bro, I ain't even think guys were running into nobody. So I, people used to just get the drop on me. Cause I ain't never feel like guys were running into people. Yeah. So yeah, I, I downloaded battlefield one and I was going to play that tomorrow. Well, Cause I still got some time off and um, I just wanted to see, because people really like Battlefield 1 for some reason, but they didn't like Battlefield 5, and they didn't like Battlefield... Battlefield 4, they said it didn't age well, and I was like, I really enjoyed Battlefield 4 when it first came out. Um, but um, I was going to play the, some of the Battlefield games tomorrow just to just to see what um, what those games were, were like when they were comparing it to the newer stuff. So um, definitely want to get back into those and... I think the the conquest, the big the big moment ones may be something that I, I tend to gravitate more towards too at the beginning, but if the gameplay is solid and I really enjoy just like the abilities and running around and the grappling hook, I might start falling to those smaller maps just so that I can engage more enemies more quickly, you know. So that way I get a best of both worlds and then maybe if conquest is really just that great, then we can kinda stick with that one. But I think, you know, me being me, me, me being who I am, I think uh, I enjoy like a little bit of like both. So hopefully if Conquest can keep the engagements high throughout the entirety of the game because of the new mobility, because of the new stuff. But I just don't want to be trekking for miles on end trying to get to back to engagements. I want to I want to see how they 
create a sense of um, a scale and and closeness when it comes to that conquest when you're uh, jumping in and out those fights um, like that. So I'm excited for it. Uh, definitely um, haven't played a Battlefield game in quite a long time. I think four was the last one I really enjoyed and played a lot outside of Bad Company 2. Um, I didn't even play three or Battlefield 2. I just played Battlefield Bad Company 2. Um, so, yeah. I think um, I think uh, EA, I think Battlefield being good is a good thing overall because I'm tired of, you know, I'm tired of Call of Duty, uh, to be honest. They do the same thing. I think their wars, I think the best thing they've done recently is Warzone. They really made a compelling um but battle royale for people that really like battle royales i just hope that um I, it's not for me it's it, it's fun but it's just not for me because of simply because there is not much competitive to it's not enough it's not competitive enough for me i guess people are can get really good at the game and they can be become the greatest snipers and they can stay on on top of things for a long time I just don't find that engaging enough. Um, I think I think it's really just because I play too much Apex now. I think it's really because I'm always looking for these types of modes and abilities within a different mode game, which I think I need to stop because it just it stops my engagement or my engagement in different types of games because I don't feel like they're missing something, so I don't want to play it, you know, versus just taking it for what it is. Um, but, yeah, that's how I feel about Warzone. Um, but what was the next thing, I guess, that we kind of wanted to, uh, speak on quickly? It was a few, well, a I few things. I don't know actually. about where we're on time, but we were going to mention Elden Ring. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we're good on time. And Guardians and uh, Galaxy. We're good on time. Um, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians it's, of the Trash. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what I watched it in 4K. I was like, okay, it doesn't seem terrible, but I'm just like, did we need this? Is it going to be intriguing? So, um, I guess before I start being negative, let me talk about what the positive I saw in the game. Positive, if what I saw is that they actually had gameplay, right? So you know that they've been at least working on it or have been creating a game for a while. So they showed a lot of the gameplay. They showed their ability to make decisions that will impact your crewmates' feelings. Not much to how those, you know, those those impact the game, but I'm assuming that these will also impact the game and um and everything like that as well so um you know throwing um rocket across the across that little gap or whatever or um giving or tart or providing Groot to be the person that goes in the in the crate to be sold um these things have an impact on the story I'm not sure what that impact will be but um, these things showed at least that they have already 
kind of built this world out. They built out this storyline and they kind of created multiple ways or avenues. At least I'm hoping that the story can play out over time. So that's good. That's great that they did that. And, this is, and it shows that they are, you know, they they took took some information from the source material and they kind of tried to uh, create their own space. Uh, graphics were fine. Um, I, I wouldn't do nothing to write home about. It's not like it's going to blow you away, but it's not going to disappoint either. It just seems like they're going to have some pretty cool looking locations and vistas to look across. Um, and that's where it ends for me. Um, what did you, okay. Before we, uh, okay. What, what, what was your thoughts when you first saw it, Josh? I mean, I'll start with my only positive really is that it is a single player like uh, offline you know story mm-hmm. so at least that's that's why if it, at any time I would ever play it it would just be for that experience just to go through the story you know enjoy it and be done with it because mm-hmm. uh, you know that's the biggest one of the big issues with the Avengers game is that you know, you might be interested in the characters or the story, but you're also stuck in a, you know, loot game, uh, always online, you know, mm-hmm. type of situation. And so you can't just, you know, get in there and play the story or think whatever at your pace and not engage with those online features. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that, that does, you know, sell it to where it's like, um, okay, well, yeah. If I had to put up with, I'm gonna put up for long, and I don't have to have this live service feel to it. So that is a that is a positive. Yeah, um, I guess the negatives, like the gameplay, doesn't look good. Like it's yeah. the game overall looks just like the Avengers Marvel's Avengers game that came out last year, whatever. I honestly um, thought it was a DLC like, before they, they actually yeah, showed it. Yeah, it looks like it's the exact same people that worked on it. Like, it might be a different studio, but, like, they're using the same, you know, assets or they're sharing the same, like, pipeline so that it can all feel connected and stuff like right. that. Um, but because of that, the combat isn't the best. Like, we all know the Marvel's Avengers, the combat was pretty weak overall mm-hmm. for, for that type of game. It might be... I might be able to put up with it for a single player game, but for an online game, like I got bored super quick. The it, the issue is for me is that it's fine if you want to have a main character, but it's weird that they pick like Star Lord as the main character because he doesn't really punch people; you just sit back and shoot. And so it's just Ooh. weird, like everybody else running in there punching with swords, and you're sitting in the back. You can't order them around. Like I'm sure the combat might actually have some fun to it. It just feels like the gameplay wasn't good enough for this, you know, in my scale of a game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get tired of it, or feel like, all right, I'm I just want to skip the fights and just get to the story. Yeah, it's um, and it and 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 that's how I saw the combat as well. I saw it as clunky. I saw it as non-fluid. I saw it as okay. If you're so now, now they feel like. Your punches are floating towards it. I don't feel like it has a lot of, you know, great feedback for the punches. Um, it's definitely not, you know, the Marvel Spider-Man um, from Sony and Insomniac. It definitely doesn't feel like that. They can have that type of, um, like, 
they can, they could have had the type of polish. I'm not sure what happened. I'm assuming, as you stated, the pipeline was used as the, for the Avengers, uh, and it kind of shows in that way. It's like um, combat just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem um, the best. And 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 again, because it's a single player story, that's that's that that can be a pass, you know, um, and. As you stated, the, if the story is good enough, it's just that when I was watching it, I was like, this is corny, yo. I, I just didn't like it. I was like, this doesn't even, it's not funny. It's It, was, it wasn't good writing, in my opinion. It has some moments where I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. But it was just, most of the time, I was just like, okay, when is it going to be over so I can get to the next thing? Because this is not engaging or intriguing enough it just didn't seem like they were doing the source material any justice and maybe that's because we were tainted by the movie and how we're used to seeing these people and these voice extras but at the same they, time they had a game already yeah it oh. was telltale but um true they had right. a guardians of the galaxy game that came out like three yeah. years ago uh i feel like that is whatever issues with the writing is the same issues with like the Avengers game is that they're trying to keep it consistent where it's like this is our universe and this is how it is it's just I don't like how they write and how they present it and mm -hmm. especially compared directly to the movies like it's it, it sucks compared to movies so y'all yeah. should make it very different you know so I don't know like I mean Spider-Man was was not um, too different than like a, a movie. It just it <laughs> felt like it had better writing and like the characters were better acted and things like that. Whereas the Guardians game, I feel like none of those characters have good actors. Like they might be funny sometimes, right. but if the actors are not good enough, then I'm just not gonna care about them having conversations. Like y'all talking too much. Like I don't want to hear what y'all say. Yeah, and they were talking over each other, and as in you know, like the voice from app, the voice lines were mo were, were blending into the cutscenes, and it just felt like I was like, y'all just nagging now, just be quiet for a little bit. And I understand that's their concept is that they talk a lot. I just I didn't like this talk, the conversations that were going on there. I think it was like a conversation about his jacket getting dirty, and I was like, "Bruh, you walking stiff in the mud, talking about your jacket. You ain't brushed it off. You ain't looked at it." It was just like nothing's matching. <laughs> and I was just like, "Bro, this is it, it." It just felt, you know, it, it felt like mailed in. It didn't feel like authentic to a. It didn't have that nuance, that animation, that that extra step to make it feel like a real breathing character. It it felt like somebody wrote some lines, and then they they just put it in the game. You know, yeah. It's like if it wasn't for the graphics, like that's what I expect from just like a not knockoff, mm -hmm. but like those movie. Kind yeah. Of, like, this is SpongeBob game because the movie coming out. Yeah. Thing, so. <laughs> it, and it that's why feel like it's its own world it just feels like a, a knockoff or a cheap copy yeah even though they're supposed to be building their own world where spider-man didn't feel like that that's why people like it. it it feels like its own grounded world where it can stand on its own yeah i just think sometimes people get i don't know if it's like laziness or is it just more so they feel like they couldn't 
they couldn't get much done in time. But all I all I saw with, with when I looked at that presentation was the flaws, and the positive positive things were just outshadowed by it. Unfortunately, it was the the positive things that I saw again were the uniqueness of the world, the the the, the creatures that we were fighting. I was like, okay, it looks pretty cool to fight. If we had more unique creatures, I would think I can get into that. And you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. They have so much to play with in that realm, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I would want to see a game like this really succeed because then we could get more games that has a lot of uniqueness that I can be surprised by because I don't, I know I'm not just going to be fighting Venom or, you know, the Goblin or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's actually unique stuff in the world that you can play off of that most people don't know about, you know? So, um, or storylines. It's just that this does not, it's not how you present a chance opportunity this doesn't seem like they put too much effort into it doesn't seem like they did the right just made the right decisions and um unfortunately it, it might pay for that and that might cause the game to never be um to really be discussed again because i really enjoyed the telltale series um guardians of the galaxy um and everything so uh i just i, I don't know i i think um, I don't want to be too harsh on it. It hasn't come out yet, but from that demo showing, it was just as bad as Halo Infinite's first one, at least perception-wise. Not for me. I guess Halo Infinite's first showing was not bad for me. I was like, it looks fine. Uh, they tried too hard to, to show the enemy and the, the new characters when they should have just showed Master Chief, but it still showed me that, okay, that they're at least trying to provide a meaningful story just to pick the wrong parts to show um this doesn't seem like they picked the wrong parts to show it just seems like it's just a bad showing you know what i'm saying it's different um yeah. i don't know what type of because i feel like this is probably comes from them like having deadlines or they got to work with you know other yeah marvel and disney and they got to get this stuff out and stuff so they don't have time to like really go back and fix stuff or you know improve it i'll say um same thing with the Avengers game because the uh, the Black Panther expansion is coming out. Maybe it is Disney because because when Sony, maybe Sony forced them to give them more time for Spider Man. I don't know, but it seemed like the all the games that that kind of got Disney in control of and they put them out to other people. It's like it's a problem. <laughs> it's not like really. Yeah. It's not really and I feel great. Like that's because Sony was in had creative control. Like maybe yeah. they work with Marvel still, but. They, you know, if they want to delay it two years, they'll delay Spider-Man and fix it. They can't do nothing, right. Just like like when they, because it's still a partnership between for Spider-Man within the Marvel Universe because that Sony still owns, you know, and they probably own the rights to the games. So even though it says Marvel on it, it's probably, you know, still under Sony's umbrella where they have control of how it's presented in the gaming world versus... Um, at least that IP versus, you know, other people have to be at the beck and call of Marvel. And that possibly could be where they have to meet those deadlines and it has to be shown. And this is what you get. So, yeah. But yeah, the Black Panther DLC, they showed off for the Avengers. It looks okay. Um, yeah. Mainly it's a free expansion and it's supposed to be like a story. Yeah. Mode, so hopefully it's good. I'm probably just going to pick up the game for like $20, try it. And if it's, you know, 
sucks or I don't care anymore, then I'll put it down. But mm-hmm. like I want to play these these games. It's just whatever Crystal Dynamics is doing, it's just not they just not landing for me. But yeah. See. Same, same, same. Uh I feel that same way, G. Uh but what else? I guess the um well, anything, anything input um, from Disney and Guardians of the Galaxy, Jalen? Nah, I ain't even seen the first movie. I ain't got nothing to say about that guy. You I ain't seen the movie? Oh my god, Gene. go watch. I only seen the second one. How you see the second one, not the first one? You want to go see it with, with, with Simone? Uh, Simone? Simone, Simone, been watching. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You get a pass, I suppose, but you need to watch it. And they good movies. I like them. Yeah, she uh, said that was good. Yeah. Uh, but the next thing we wanted to kind of discuss and um, and talk about was kind of that Ratchet and Clank. I know we were talking about it earlier, Jalen, about um, Ratchet and Clank is PS5 exclusive, and it's $70. And the original one that was remastered and, revis- and revitalized was 40 I believe. Um I'm not mistaken. The Ratchet and Clank uh, original re... Um, I would call it a remake, right? Because that's not a remaster. Yeah, it's a, it a remake. Uh, that one was uh, really good as well. And it had a lot of polish to it. But it didn't cost as much as... Uh, yeah, it was thirty nine ninety nine. It didn't cost as much as this one. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that, Josh. Uh, Jalen, what y'all think about Ratchet and Clank being 70 buckaroos rift apart? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I ain't never, I didn't look super in close into like the detail, but I feel like they did like an, an amazing job with the uh, the remat, the redux or whatever the that they put on yeah. the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like so, I mean, you know how games generally look and stuff on a PS4. Then you got some exceptions that makes the game look way better, you know, like like mm-hmm. Last of Us or something like that, or Ghost of Tsushima. Um, well, in some, in some aspects, I mean, some of the facial expression weren't the best, but but you know how beautiful a game can be if mm-hmm. it's really, really pushed. And then you got Ratchet and Clank. They selling this game for $40. Granted, it's probably $40 and not 60 because it is a remake, but the fact that they took a PS2 game and completely, I don't know if they switched the engine or anything like that, but the game was, like, completely overhauled, and, like, it looked it amazing. Like, uh, I don't remember how it looked compared to the movie and stuff like that, but the game looked amazing, so I'm just kind of figuring out, like, I feel like with those games, they don't take as much resources or power or, or, you know, things like that to make the game look as nice because you're not comparing it to, like, real people, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like it's harder to make real people than it is to make, like, animals or little cartoon characters in a video game because, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, basically, what I'm saying is I don't feel like that game should be $70. And, I ain't, and that's not to step on nobody else's feet or to say, you know, I just don't – I don't think that game pushed that much – boundary and with Ratchet and Clank being the type of game that they are I played most of the Ratchet and Clanks if not all of them they pretty I mean you're gonna start off with a little single fire gun 
you might upgrade it to get dual. You can add maybe mods and stuff like that. You keep leveling your gun up and stuff like that. You do a new game. Plus, like, the premise of the game is going to be pretty much the same. And for to not have, like, a multiplayer or any type of thing that's coming out with it, maybe they're going to make something free. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some type of DLC expansion, free-to-play or something like that. Multiplayer. I don't, I don't even know how to implement a multiplayer with that game. I just feel like the game wouldn't flow well as a multiplayer. But, um... Just all that stuff being said, it probably give you like twelve to sixteen hours of gameplay, and they want seventy dollars for it. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of feel like that's much for that game. I felt like the remake was a decent price. I say it shouldn't really be no more than like sixty dollars, but I feel like they got the excuse of pushing to seventy just because it's on a PS Five and the next gen and other games is too. So. Um, Demon Souls more justifiable to be seventy dollars than what Rational Clank is, in my personal opinion. But yeah, I think um, Demon Souls should have been lesser as well, just because they had source material to work with and it kind of kept everything the same. I just redid all the the stuff, but I know it's really hard to redo all of this stuff. So I get that being the case there. Um, uh, I think. Both of them have a, a, some small, you know, hint of being worth the $70 to them. But in my opinion, that game was never going to be worth that much money. It's never, it was never worth 60 to me. So for them to put it to that price, it kind of shut me out to the point where I was like, I don't, I don't care to play it. I'll play it when it turns to be 40 or for uh, $50 and I will pick it up then. Um, because I still want to support Insomniac because I think they make great games. I just don't think that it's worth that amount of money. Um, and it's and it's hard to kind of say that because there's plenty of games now that I'm making the conscious decision to not play soon. Like Returnal was another conscious decision. I'm not going to play it soon. Um, and, and I kind of wanted to kind of give that game a try. And there's there's not really... There's not really a big difference between sixty and seventy dollars. It's just the difference is that my money feels like it's being, it, it's just like a feeling of of money being stolen because it's not even as if I can't afford seventy dollar games. And I know you can too. I'm just it's more so it's like a feeling of like is this justifiable in price right now? Does this seem as if this is the right price? And it never does for me, ever. Not for seventy dollars. It never feels like it's the right price. And I don't think I. I think it might take a while for me to get used to paying seventy dollars for games, um, especially single player games, uh, games that I don't have any, any initial or continuous engagement. I could see myself playing, paying uh, that amount of money for, like these, um, very you know over-the-top, very big open-world-type games where they have a lot more, like, DLC included as well. I could see me justifying that in my brain. But when it comes to games that are just single-player, linear games, I don't really see the justification in paying that amount of money for it. Understandable that you put a lot of level into the details. You probably did a lot of things to push the limits. I just don't feel comfortable yet. And, um... I think that's what's keeping me from playing Ratchet and Clank. And it's not like I don't think it's going to be a great game or anything. 
I just don't find it. And that's the justification there. It's just, just not finding it the right price yet. Um, and once I get it to the right price that I want to pay for it, uh, which is, it could be $60 as well. But once I start to wait, the reason my, my, my ability to want to play the game diminishes even more. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if I don't, it, cause most of the time it's an impulse buy when it comes to video games for me and it comes to games that I'm not anticipating, but I'll give a try now that I have already waited in the, the time frame of, you know, my impulse has passed. I'm more than likely won't pick up this game until it's $20 or to this $30 because simple fact is I have other things I can play and I work. And if I can play those for a cheaper price and hold off on getting you until you're as cheap as them or stuff like that, then I don't necessarily need to have that new game that came out recently, especially when I don't think it deserved that amount of money. Whereas an impulse pur purchase Deontay, if it was $60 and I felt like, okay, I could justify the reason why it's $60 in my brain because that's been a norm for the last 10 years or so, right? It's been like a while. Um, that normality of it kind of made me justify that price point. But now I'm even, I'm even, I'm, I'm trying to determine whether $60 is a justified price point now, because I feel like, um, is that a, is that a really good price point for any game at this point in time? Anyway, seeing how all the DLC they have, all of the microtransactions that they put in all these great free to play games that we now play is it really justified to pay 60 for these games so it because they raised the price is now making me determine whether or not the first initial price that we were used to is that even worth it so it has that 70 dollars price point has done more to to impact my think my thinking behind purchasing of games and they really when they really probably thought it would because now I'm very more cautious about what I buy. I'm more particular about the games and the quality that I need to pick up. And it just pushes me more towards Game Pass. And I don't think Sony thought about that. Because they don't have a model right now that's really good for having their standalone games sell well. Or even be played well. Because I, it's the difference between selling well and actually being played continuously through. A lot of games that people buy, they don't intend to finish them or stuff like that. So it kind of comes into play of this whole Game Pass functionality where mm, it starts to make more and more sense for the um, for, you know, for people that want to kind of conserve cash and not be able to have to buy every new game that's coming out. And they just have a way of playing it for a smaller, cheaper fee. Um and that's going to just resonate with a lot more people as time goes on. Um, Xbox is in a really good spot to kind of steal a lot of thunder or, you know, source from um, Sony at this point. And they doing it to themselves, kind of um, their lack of engagement with their community, their inability to kind of give up on the crossplay, you know, the not being able to take your microtransactions off the store, their their push for $70 games, their lack of games being continuous in the PC world. They don't want really PC games, the games to kind of push to the PC. What's going to happen when Microsoft starts to continuously put out games that people actually want to play and they stop 
you know, providing those games to Sony and then they have Game Pass already on the back burner. PlayStation has to come make up something and they have to lose something that they really care about, which is their games. They have to, they're going to lose that. Microsoft can do that right now because they don't have that many good games, but they are creating good games. So it's just, I don't know. It's a lose, lose situation for me. I feel like the the subscription has made me think about it more and a $70 price tag had just made me heighten that even worse. It was like, I'm not buying these games like that no more. These games are coming to Game Pass in this way, and they're giving me similar experiences. Like Psychonauts 2, I'm comparing Psychonauts 2 to Ratchet & Clank. I'm like, yeah, I like Ratchet & Clank, but Psychonauts 2 is coming to Game Pass, and I could play that for the free ball. It's going to probably give me a similar experience to what Ratchet & Clank would have if I would have just waited, you know? And I'm just like, Okay, I just play. I just play. What's the name? Psychonauts. When that come out, and then once Ratchet and Clank is cheaper, I go back to it. So it's once they start giving me substitutes, which they have already with the games that I play anyway. It's not like it's not like Sony has any first person shooters. It's just that Sony has all of the single player games that I enjoy. But when they start asking me to pay seventy dollars for those single player. Um, story, you know, like they, they're basically telltale games with a little bit more gameplay. Um, I'm still going to have that same mindset of like, I don't want to pay $70 for this game, but I don't think it's going to give me the $70 worth of, um, you know, in enjoyment. And, um, I think that's where Ratchet and Clank kind of falls for me now. And it's unfortunate because I really like Insomniac. Um, but I'm not paying for that game right now. And that's how I feel about most of the industry switching to that $70 price tag. And I'm just like, are you in Game Pass? Then I ain't playing you. And that's that's pretty yeah, much what it is. $70 is it's a weird price to ask when it's not very clear with what you get for $70. I mean, yeah. it wasn't always like that with $60, but if Overwatch is $40 and it says multiplayer only, like that, that makes your expectation clear that the reason why they're not asking for a 60 or if they are asking for a 60 is because they're adding something else to it. You're getting extra mm-hmm. DLC or something to justify that extra price hike, which if it's clear that, you know, the game is $60 and an extra 10 is the first season of content or you get the battle pass for free or whatever, mm-hmm. then that makes it easier. Like, oh, okay, you know, I'll buy Battlefield, 2042 for $70 because I would get the first battle pass included, but they're also asking for more money on top of that. And it's just not clear what you're spending your money on. And Ratchet & Clank, I'm sure it's a good game, but again, compared to other $70 games, it's not clear with what you're you're getting. Like, Demon's Souls is 70 Spider-Man is 70 but it's technically like a $40 game plus a remaster. So, it, again, you're not it's not seventy dollars for that one game, so I mean, uh, hopefully, Sony will realize that and provide—I want to say incentives, but find a way to make people more comfortable spending that money, um, other than just saying like games cost a lot, and we, we make high-quality games, and this is what they cost. You know, it, you really have to justify that that price hike. Yeah, what happens when they start making really high quality games and they're just putting them like they have third party games that are really high quality, 
and they're in Game Pass, and it's like fifteen dollars a month. So, and if you got the you know that super sale or whatever, I got it for like five dollars a month, and it's like, um, what justifies me? Like that, um, what was I? I can't even remember now. But like games like, uh, Outer Worlds two, Atomic Heart, Stalker two, uh, not even um like Redfall, Contraband, uh, uh, Plates. Well, Plates, I don't really know about that one. But these these big games that are coming out day one to Game Pass that they have to pay seventy dollars for on their end. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm not paying that. I'm not going to do that because now you made it normal for me to have to pay $70. So you're hurting yourself. Those games, I think most of those games are, um, I think Stalker 2 is going to be exclusive for a little bit. I think Outer Worlds 2 is going to be on the PlayStation. I think Redfall is not, um, Atomic Heart is and uh contraband is as well i believe those games are going to still be coming to the playstation but people are on the playstation are going to pay 70 dollars for them um that's that's unfortunate you know that's like that's like and then psychonauts same thing psychonauts is coming to the playstation they paying 70 dollars for psychonauts i'm just like I don't know. Wait, I don't know if Psychonauts is 70. I think it might be still 60. But still, you, my point is is made at this point. It's kind of like they're really hindering themselves by doing this. Unless they have something in the tuck that they don't tell. They're not telling us. And they're going to have this huge subscription service where they're going to be providing first party games day one. <laughs> first off, it's crazy that Microsoft is doing it with their basic games you know i don't see them doing that <laughs> i don't see that model working for sony in that way they all they have is their games like nintendo i would never see that subscription service working for them because that's all they have is their games so i just don't see it working microsoft has plenty of money to throw around and they can build the service just like a netflix they have plenty of money to throw around right now where it's not profitable but when it becomes profitable and they have enough people subscribe to it, it's like the best thing ever. I don't see that happening for Sony. They don't have the cash amount to, to do that right now. Not in my opinion. Sony, Sony's like, um, it's different. It's a media company. It's not everything. Microsoft is everything. So it's, it's a, it's a different type of battle that they're fighting. And, um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pulled the gun so early on the seventy dollars to be honest. I would have waited. I would have gotten my money up. I would have got my bands up. I would have continued to 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 provide great games, and then I would have found a way to compete with Game Pass in a different way. I wouldn't have forced people to make a decision constantly to whether or not they want to buy a new game or wait for it to drop in price, because that is that is the norm. For, I, I guarantee you, that's the norm for a lot of people. I want to see how Ratchet and Clanks do in in sales uh, before I kind of make that 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 you know that uh, complete estimate or you know my my make up my mind or that termination in there. But I honestly think my Ratchet and Clank isn't going to sell as well as they hoped, and I think the same thing happened with um, Returnal. 
I just don't want that to start to fall over into Horizon. I don't want that to fall over into God of War because these are huge games that need to sell well so they can continue to make these huge games. So, you know, it's it's scary for me in regards to that because I don't think it's a winning model right now. I'm always looking at the business aspect and I don't think that's good business. So, um, we'll see though. What do y'all think about like that and their, the idea of losing um losing out on experiences because of the price points that they're trying to push do y'all even care or do y'all like always been that way where you kind of guard what you pay for anyway man i felt like for this basically this whole past generation i felt like i was uh i was getting less and i was paying more and uh, getting less I'm gonna say like a Drake quote. Uh, <laughs> going out, <laughs> going less and going out, out more. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm getting less and paying more, man. Yeah. So I'm like dancing I don't with know them y'all. girls he never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> dancing with some girls I've never seen before. You used to call me on my shell phone. Not this one. Nah, but yeah, y'all, y'all know how it was with that sixty dollars price point, man. I just kind of. I mean, obviously, we was in college and stuff, too, but, like, really, that $60 price point for me, man, I just felt like I think I was more comfortable paying $60 for Xbox 360 games than I was for PS4 games. And I think that's because I think the, the microtransaction world was so was so much smaller, and I felt like I was getting a full game, even though some of the games still had, like, DLCs and all that type of stuff. Season passes weren't a thing. Microtransaction wasn't a thing. I think the first game I remember seeing a season pass for, for real, for real, was, um, and they wanted too much for the season pass, too, but this was, it was like Call of Duty Elite. You get all the mm-hmm. Modern Warfare 3 maps, and then uh, you get, like, this Call of Duty Elite, like, subscription type thingy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Basically a ripoff, but what I'm saying is I felt like I got more of a complete game, and then I felt like we entered this phase where, like, I remember when Black Ops 1 had dropped, people was complaining about the game not being complete. But they 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 completed the game and stuff like that eventually. But you still didn't have to pay more. Um, I didn't feel like they really, like, it wasn't overt that they just cut content from the game in order to be like, yeah, we finna sell it later and stuff like that. And there's no disrespect for what they got to do because – Obviously, it takes a certain amount of production value and all that type of stuff to make the game. But I just felt like I was getting more at a certain point in time. And then my $60 started trickling a little bit. And now we're in this PS4 generation where... Because I think Mass Effect 3 was like the first game I really seen some for real microtransactions in that mode, like straight gambling. Um, But with the PS4, I just felt like every game was expected to have a season pass. They got the red standard version, the deluxe, the gold edition, um, collector's edition, and it was just sixty dollars weren't the same sixty dollars that I spent in two thousand twelve. Yeah. So that's where I've kind of drew the line a little bit. Okay. What about you, Josh? Um I mean, y'all, y'all know I'm always the outlier, but like if I enjoy the game, I spend the money on it. But I feel like it, it still has to be justified. Like, you know, if tomorrow Nintendo's like Mario Odyssey 2, $70, like, 
what like even if i enjoy it it's like why are you what are you doing to justify this price hike because i mean if they want to they can say games are super expensive to make and they're a hundred dollars they're 120 dollars and it's like it's not just i don't know a lot of people when they talk about this stuff they talk about it like you go to the movies you know, you pay your your fifteen twenty dollars at whatever movie theater, and you get your entertainment, and then that's it. And it's like me spending sixty dollars is not just a a fee or a ticket just to play it. Like mm-hmm. you're you're getting value out of the game. Like this is something you own. You're gonna keep for a while. You're gonna play hopefully more than once or play for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like as a consumer, I want to feel like I'm getting $60 worth of the game, you know? So, you know, if, if Halo is $60 and it doesn't, well, put it this way. If this Call of Duty, oh yeah, Call of Duty is a perfect example. They used to offer a single player and the multiplayer for $60. Oh. Nowadays, maybe there's no single player, but it's still $60. And then next generation, they're increasing the price, and now you're getting even less. You're getting the multiplayer, no story, but it's seventy dollars, and you can see the value of your dollar, uh, you know, inflation going up, and that uh, doesn't feel good as a consumer. So, right, it's amazing. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's kind of like um, I feel as if there you guys you hit that right on the head when you said the fact that stuff has been it's been weakened in the last generation and now you're caught charging us more but the same thing is going on you know nothing's changed out the out, out the tactics that you guys are utilizing in the, the 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 blasphemy we have to go through with microtransaction and skiing costing this amount of money um but at the same time there's the the whole, you know, the gambling stuff with the the VC points and the and the the, the fake f- free games. I, I respect the free model more than anything because literally you don't have to pay for anything and you still get the full game and all the updates and everything. But if you want to look a certain way or engage with that community in that way, you can. The the whole idea of having to pay to play a game and then pay to um to to get additional content for said game is what i really kind of draw a line at. i'd be like well this isn't like like dragon ball z fighter z i really enjoy that game i do not feel like i should be paying six dollars a pop for new fighters i just don't i feel like there should be some type of a model where i can play the the game like street fighter 5 which they did a good job with where you can play the game and you can unlock these characters in some way i don't feel comfortable paying outright and and that provides you know the community a way of engaging with the with the with the game in a better way but and 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 you already paid 60 dollars for the game in the first place so i just don't see I don't see how a game supposes supposedly can stay balanced where some people can have characters while others can't. I don't like that type of stuff, you know, and that's where Apex does a good job because it's free and they just kind of let you build up enough coins to kind of buy all the characters as they come along. Uh, 
but that's not the case for those types of fighter games where you have to play with the new characters. Sometimes they have, you know, they 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 have things that they can do that you really want to practice with or try out and kind of get better at. You are at a disadvantage at that point, you know. So um, it's just it's just interesting, you know. I I think it just makes me think of gaming in a different way. It just makes me think of like you guys were saying, like. Yeah, they they trying to get down on us, and um, my main raise no food, so I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be sitting with stuff like I don't really care. I think um, Microsoft is gonna continue to dominate with their with their ability to provide value for your dollar, and um, I think it, it might be the writing on the walls, man. There might be a whole Macy's out here, and we ain't fighting a Walmart. <laughs> Walmart gonna win. It's, it's always going to win. It's like they have the most convenience. They have the most, they, 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 they hold everything. You, you, you just a department store. You, you better give it the times or you're going to lose. So, um, I think, I think that's what, it, that's what you have to think about it. Just think about it that way. It's kind of, um, yeah, I, I think that, I think they're going to lose. Uh, but I can't make that decision right now. They, they have great games that they can keep continuous to make. I Nintendo's been around for forever and I still don't understand it, but you know, they have great, you know, characters. They still have great ways of innovating and they kind of propel the genre forward in a meaningful way. As long as Sony, Sony is not in, in a, at any time soon going to be a company that's going to go out of business or going to be a company that starts to, all they're going to start seeing is diminishing returns on their investments. And that might impact their, how their creativity in the future and how they create games and how they funnel out and polish games. And I don't want that diminished quality coming from Sony because that's just not what they do. They produce games that are meant to be watched. And there are times where people sit down and just play those games. And we all kind of come together and talk about it because that's how impactful their games can be. I just don't want that to be lost because they now have to make budget <laughs> Because they're not making enough money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that type of stuff kind of worries me. Um, and and, and um, it just it just seems like that's where we're going to head to if they don't they don't make great, better decisions. Uh, but the, I guess yeah, the... Man, we just walked us off. We know yeah. what our money's worth. They want to give us garbage. They ain't getting jack. You hear me? Mm-hmm. They ain't getting jack. They ain't getting sh- Nah, just... <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, man, they ain't getting jacked, G. But um, yeah, man, nah, like for real, like, like that's like that's real talk, man. Like, is if they, if they, even if, even if they just became more clever in the way they gave us a game, mm-hmm. like, I'm tired of people talking about they found code for this and that. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be in the game and. You know what I'm saying? People, what they do, data mine and stuff like that. Like, all yeah. that type of stuff is like, I'm like, so y'all telling me y'all got, because the, the way I think about it is they got a puzzle piece in a game that's supposed to connect with this other puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. And this puzzle piece is literally only serving as a keyhole to, like, unlock what's the rest of the disc or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So, like, when they drop the updates and all it is is an add-on, it ain't even a whole, or the, not the update, but the expansion, all it mm-hmm. is is just like a download or like a uh, like a little hot fix type of thingy. 
Mm-hmm. Like, or just to add on, like, that's dumb because I remember back in the 360 days, you used to have to download a whole three, four gigabyte update, you know what I'm saying, for the game. Like, yeah, this the, I'm, I'm not the update, but the, uh, you used to have to go to the store and actually download the content from that mug. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm actually getting something from the game, not buying the key. Halo maps. Yeah, you, you, boy, I gotta go. I'm downloading my map pack. I'm downloading the stimulus resurgence uh, map pack, boy. Like, we finna <laughs> play this mug. Not no, all right, I bought the license to this, uh, to Horizon or whatever. Now they finna let me play it. Like, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff is, that's why I don't, man, y'all, y'all, Y'all know where I stand with these games, bro. I'd be like, no, nah, man, they already, they already trying to finesse me, bro. I already see it. Y'all, y'all got stuff in this game that's supposed to be in the game, but y'all just locked it off. Oh, Destiny man. prime example, bro. They just tearing people up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny was going crazy with it, bro. Hey, man, they they love to they love to take something away and then give it back to you like it's no. Man, yeah. but that game been going on for so long. I understand that. I understand yeah, where they're they're like it's been like a what seven years? How long has it been? Six, eight. September twenty fourteen. Yeah, so it's been quite a while with that game, um, and I understand them removing things and bringing it back because that gives the the community the, the ability to come back to the stuff they used to really enjoy that was have been taken out. But the the whole fact of you know, uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, those types of for one year. Those types of games, they shouldn't be they really shouldn't be uh <laughs> they really shouldn't be in the same like in that same field or whatever. It's kind of like nah. Y'all y'all are not the type of games that can do that nor are you the guys type of games that can provide us a a um rehashed idea and think that's cool. It's not it's not so I mean Y'all tired of rebuying what Kinder Toten? <laughs> Kinder Toten. <laughs> how many how many Gino. times they resell those uh, zombie maps? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They I'm trying to think. How did they drop Kino? Kino first off was supposed to be put in War That War. That was cut from the game. Um, but I, I get that one to pass though. I get that one to pass because you know it was a different time period and stuff like that. Like if the game was put out, they couldn't update that much like that. So. Um, I, I get out of pass, but yeah, they dropped Keno a couple of times. I'm like, Keno, we know. And and then there's the it's just it's just funny how that stuff kind of you know, obviously we see it and we know it and we know it when when we're getting getting got and um, I just feel like at some point these companies are going to realize that you know their their consumers aren't as as ignorant and blind as they want them to be and um they're going to start and i think um oh i i really think sony hates microsoft right now because of all the stuff they're doing in regards to convenience and like the whole idea behind backwards compatibility is such and untapped market to 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 get more people but to to provide the service for free sony don't want that sony doesn't want that and i think um i think they're really they're really pressed about 
providing those PS4 games to continue to live on and the services and things like that on the new consoles. It's more work for them at no price. At no, like, I'm, I guarantee you they want to charge for Bloodborne to be at 60 FPS. And if they do, it's the worst thing that they could possibly do. Obviously, that's a From Software game, but it's exclusive to Sony. So they can make some stuff happen. Just as if they were to charge for God of War, like they did with freaking Spider-Man. Everybody was like, what? Are you insane? Why would y'all make us pay for something we already inherently have because the council can run it better? Why would you charge us for that? And they still charged you for it. But it was it, it, it was such an outcry for that because on the other hand, Microsoft was just giving it away for free. Um, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be really, really, really interesting at this time, as time go forward. Um, I think, you know, Microsoft is, is building all that stuff within there in this console. They're building all that stuff on top of what they already made. They're not leaving anything behind and, um, that's expensive. So, um, we'll see, man. I just, I just know what it is, and um, and that's what kind of makes me uh, nervous for uh, Sony. I'm not saying that they they're gonna lose, and please don't get it misconstrued. I'm just saying that there is a reason to be nervous in regards to moving forward with gaming in in the expensive realm, because if they were to go to do like what Nintendo do, then they're fine. They're Nintendo carved their own path. They don't even try to keep up with people. They don't. It's no point. We got we got you jokers hooked. But what is Sony's biggest achievements? Making beautiful games with great stories. It costs to make great to take great narratives. It costs to make games look great. And how do you how do you minimize your budget when it comes to that? cut corners where do you cut corners and the, unfortunately in the in the more unique aspects of their company the more unique games the more uh, promising partnerships and it just starts to dwindle so i just don't want to see that happen and um and that's and that's something that uh impacts all of us so uh, it's not like it's just their thing but moving forward to the next thing, let's talk about Elden Ring, which we didn't talk about yet. Uh, Elden Ring, Elden Ring. Um, we all saw the trailer, correct? You, you saw it, right, Jalen? Josh, you saw it too, right? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Um, first, did it give what it was supposed to give <laughs> the elder ring give what it was supposed to give or were you expecting something different you got the same jay boy <laughs> i don't know man i just felt like i, I played dang so so much i just kind of like it just it just looked like dark soul to me <laughs> It just, I was just like, that's why. I mean, I ain't think it looked like terrible, like I'm my like, oh, like adventure, but I'm just like, 
it ain't nothing they could have showed me that's just like if they saying this is like a Dark Souls like game, it ain't nothing you can show me in that game where I'm like, man, that junk look mad hard, bro. Like I need to like really like play it. Like I probably be like, okay, I play it because it's like a Dark Souls game and I like that adventure, you know, mm-hmm. with it. But I'm not like, man, this game look dope, bro. Like man, you seen how they do it? Like it ain't nothing like cinematic in there that just made me like really want to like. And I was maybe I was half sleep watching. It. I don't know. But, yeah. I don't know. Um, what about you, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it looks like a Dark Souls game. Like, it really is. It looks like the colors in the world looks like Dark Souls 2. Um, for me, it was, I, I guess those games were never interesting looking. Like, they all look very similar. It's, it's just about the adventure and the mechanics, how that stuff is going to work. And from what I've seen and heard about this game, it seems very interesting mechanic wise because it's open world and uh, stuff like that i mean i've never that's personally what i wanted because like i didn't like sekiro like the combat is cool but i didn't like any other direction they took with it so just having that familiar dark Souls style is personally what i wanted um so i mean we'll see if it actually lives up to that but uh, i feel Mm -hmm. like They've always had a at least a minimum consistent quality for me, and I feel like this is gonna be it. Gotcha. It's gonna do. It's gonna. So it did give what it was supposed to give, right? In your yeah, opinion. but at the same time, like what Jalen said, it it's not new. Like this is familiar. Yeah. It's their it's their style. It's not like they went off and they're making a completely different type of game. This is, you know, what you expect from from software. But did yeah. they get what they supposed to give? <laughs> if the game's for is this game on PS Five or uh, Xbox? The is it going to be seventy dollars? Yeah. It's cross gen, yeah. So it's on PS Four and stuff too. How much is the game going to cost? I think it's sixty dollars. I, I think mean, it's I don't 60. think it has a price yet, but I think it's sixty dollars. I think it comes oh, with okay. a free PS Five upgrade. So if you buy it on the PS Four or PS Xbox, you should probably you could probably get the upgrade for free okay i mean if it's gonna be you know what i'm saying consistent with that that's fine if it's 70 dollars it ain't give what it's supposed to give but <laughs> yeah. again, that's 70 dollars but uh yeah okay yeah. so I, I um elden ring for me it 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 did what it was supposed to so it gave what it was supposed to give in my opinion i was looking for a game that was a little bit less gothic and more centered around Mordor. And like, I thought it was something, I thought it was going to be something like Lord of the Rings, but I guess not. It's kind of, it's J, it's JJ, it's George, who was that guy's name? I thought he had more control over it. So I was thinking more of a, on the path of like a, I was thinking more on the line of Game of Thrones or like that type of feel to it. And it just gave me more from software. So that's fine because they can do more things with the creatures and like the the bosses you fight. I really wanted to see how they played within a well, well told story, mystery and providing great combat. It just seemed like now we're just getting more of 
what I expected them to pretend like it's something different, but it really ain't. It's kind of providing That's us another Dark Souls with with a different lore. Now we're the Tarnish versus the the um what what, what was we before the Undead. Yeah, now we're just the Tarnished. So that that provides zero zero like interesting you know things to come forward now i I just i know that it's not going to be really heavy story driven in a good way it's going to be story driven in the way that they always do story mystery and um very uh lack lacking in um and lacking in like uh it's gonna be a lot of read between the lines it ain't gonna be a lot of confirmation and confirming so um i don't like that type of storytelling i don't appreciate it but that's what they do and they and they kind of do it well at least for people that likes that type of thing i don't like it so i don't find it to be a well situation i find it to be uh just you know I, I, I find it to be what it is. And um, Elden Ring, in my opinion, at least has open world-esque locations. You can um, ride a horse, which provides a little bit more exploration, um, ability and movement. Um, this seems as if they stated previously, like, you'll be able to find, you know, abilities and things around the world as if you would in Sekiro or if you would in um, Dark Souls where you find weapons kind of that similar point um but again it's not going to provide great narrative in my opinion um I haven't played it yet of course we don't know if it's going to be a great narrative or not maybe there's such a compelling story there that we really want to see but it seemed like they just broke the ring up and now you have to rekindle that versus the last thing you had to do in dark souls so you had to go fight a bunch of bosses get the souls bring them back to the to the shrine now you got to go get the pieces for the elden ring bring it back to the shrine it it doesn't seem like it's going to really deviate from the plan which is fine because they they have a winning formula um but me on my end I thought Elden Ring would be different. I thought it was going to be more, um, more in that fantasy realm of uh, storytelling, and um, have that compelling combat that we know to love from from Soft. Uh, but it it seems like it's going to be just more of the same, which is still fine because we're due for another From Software game as of now, anyway. And they um, just took the the Turner State of Undead. Or the unkindled, the rain is gonna be the war vessels, war souls. I mean, um, you're probably not gonna be able to um, get your, all your weapons to plus ten at the start of the game. Like you know, this <laughs> 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 is gonna be it's just dark. It's dark souls for it, bro. It's a spiritual successor. That's what that mother gonna be. Yeah. Nah, but that that's the vibe. It was. I'm not saying what it is and what it ain't. But when I looked at it. That literally just gave me the vibe. I'm like, why well, I need to see this gameplay? Because it's the tarnishes, the undead, and they fight, and you know, you got the gothic feel to it, and some, some Dark Souls with a horse, you know, Dark Souls plus horse. Instead of the horses running you over this time, you can ride on it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. execution chariot about it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, what can you do? It's uh it's it's what they're known for and maybe to get the game to be finished, maybe they didn't want to to dwell any, you know, go out their comfort zone in that in that in that thing, but I feel like Sekiro was a definitely a different path, you know, and at least it felt like they tried to have a good story or they tried to make the story in more interesting and more grounded in like a normal sense of the realm of you can die and come back to life. But they tried to make it more, you know, follow. They, they, they try to make it easier to follow. Um, and I, I didn't, I wouldn't expect them to not be able to do the same with, uh, Elden Ring and pr providing, you know, you know, a great narrative provided by, um, Mr. Martin. I don't think it would, it would be an issue for them to kind of do that, but, uh, it doesn't seem like that's the way that they went. They just kind of like, listen, give me a, give me a title. Okay. You like Elden Ring? Okay, sure. We're going to put you as a producer and you just go, you leave. <laughs> and, like, and that was it. We're going we're gonna to make you uh, uh, narrator. Uh, what was they called? A story by? Yeah, now you go. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. So I feel like those, their stories have always been a similar quality, except for, I guess people would say Bloodborne, or it's more interesting, whatever, because it's sci fi. But it, it's always been presentation because even if the story is interesting, you got to read all about it. You got to go to the wiki, you got to read items, stuff like that, or replay the game to like get special dialogue to understand what's actually going on. Whereas Sekiro, it started out more straightforward. I, I mean, I didn't finish all of it, but at least to where I got, it was the same thing where you, you have to like really dig deeply into it to actually understand what's going on because it's not a story that's just straight up presented to you right. so i feel like yeah like you said this is going to be the same deal you know you're going to go through the game you're going to fight people but maybe not really understand what's going on until you like do the research yourself the only oh. thing that george could do is i guess just make the lore more interesting or like consistent so mm -hmm. you don't got to do as much reading like maybe when NPCs are talking, like, it's a good conversation or they explain and stuff. But, like, yeah, obviously, this is still the same people designing the world and designing the monsters and stuff. Like, this is not George R. 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 Martin designing a dude with 10 arms. It's, no. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, from software design that, and we just need you to give him a story that makes sense. Yeah, and that's... And that's kind of what I didn't want. I wanted them to collaborate on the design, the creativity behind the world and like uh, the artistic style. I want them to kind of work together to kind of make something uh, interesting. But it seemed like, you know, just front software produced, you provided a narrative that we can try to instill into our vision. And that's what happened. Um which is fine. Again, Elden Ring looks good, regardless of what I am saying here. It looks really, really good. It just looks like a from software game. I was not surprised yeah. 
when I saw the dash movements. I was not surprised when I saw the style of the buildings. I didn't. I was not surprised to see that it was uh, post-apocalypse. It wasn't before. It wasn't like a buzz, a buzzing city. It wasn't like that type of world because that's not what they do. So <laughs> um, um, I wasn't surprised there. So not it gave what exactly what I wanted, what I thought it was going to give. Um, even if I could, I wanted a little bit different. I wanted it to be different. I expected this to be the case. I expected Elden Ring, Dark Souls 4.0 or, you know, you know, Dark Souls 3.1. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So. It's yeah, it still I, looks good though. I I say the game it gave me like a, it was like, like it was like a, uh, it, it's like you you wanted to see something else, mm-hmm. but you're not mad. You yeah. know they could have innovated, but you like, all right, I'm gonna just take it for what it was. I was hoping I see more and stuff, but I'm not mad at what they showing. I'm a little. I ain't gonna say I'm, I ain't a little let down. But I know that it would be solid. Like, I can know what to expect. It's like a that sense of familiarity is cool. Like, all right, all right that's straight. Like, I know what I'm getting. But I know I could have got better, though, because I played this game. I feel like when I'm looking at it, I played this game, like, a couple years ago and stuff like that. Um, I just wish they had did just a little bit more with the art or something. Like Deontay said, kind of give, like, a different atmosphere. Like, I think they did a good job with Sekiro. Like, oftentimes I'm like, even with the stories, I'm always like, this is a FromSoft game. I have to, because the way I was exposed to FromSoft is how they give these cryptic stories. Like, you need you need to look, look at the item descriptions and, you know, put two and two million together and try to figure out mm-hmm. how it's working and stuff like that. But Sekiro was like, the gameplay, like the fluidity of the combat and stuff like that, I had to keep reminding myself this is a FromSoft game. And FromSoft is actually capable of doing other things than making, you know, Turtle and Dark Souls games like Behind Shields and slow, delayed uh, latency like in the combat. Like, they can actually do different things and they can make cutscenes and make stories more cohesive than what Dark Souls is. Like, Sekiro's story was a lot more easier to follow and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, this kind of straight. I mean, there's a little bit of, like, you know, weird stuff that happened and you try to put stuff together and you might have to refer to stuff online and stuff, but it wasn't nothing that was like real hidden or open ended things, which is it can be for better for better or worse well, because it's, it's open. It's hard to understand those endings because the game yeah. got like nine endings, right? Uh, I think it's only like I think it's like four of them, but it's like some of the endings they're not. It's not you know you don't have to do a lot to get like the true ending and stuff like that. Like you can end the game by choosing a decision similar to like Persona midway through the game and. Another one, you can make a decision if you decide to give up or, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. But it ain't like no like true, true ending where you need to collect all this. It might be maybe like two endings or something like that, maybe. But um, I think basically what I'm getting at is I think they're capable of more. But from that trailer I seen, it seemed like they wanted to uh, play it safe and go back to what they know. And just even if they wanted to play it safe and go back to what they know, I kind of wish they chose a different art style because I feel like that game resonates with Dark Souls 3 a lot. And I felt like Dark Souls 1 wasn't as gothic. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like Dark Souls 2 was even less gothic. I feel like Dark Souls 3 was probably the most gothic because, like, the tone, the color and stuff like that, those washed out colors. And then mm-hmm. this game, I feel like they follow in that same trend. I just wish they kind of would have chose something a di- little different, like you were saying, that setting of, like, like mortar or something something different. It looks, whereas... it looks like Majula, like the orange sky. Yeah. And stuff. It got that skybox that's, like, that's, that's, that's bright. I'm just more so talking about the settings and the places that you're going to be in because at least they didn't go with a dark, like, um, it's still gothic. Yeah, I, I get what you, we, we understand that, but it's still more so at least the skyboxes are bright. At least it's, at least they have that that feeling of, I'm talking about that post-apocalypse uh, type feel where it's like everything has already been deteriorated. People haven't been there for a long time because now you're the tarnish and you're coming back because this is a realm between realms and you're kind of working to to get into that um you're you're working to get back to that to that port where it's kind of dry it's kind of the the lore behind it is that you're being drawn to the Elden Ring and you're kind of fighting these people to bring back the I don't I'm not sure what you're bringing back necessarily but you're you're fighting to kind of uh to to kind of piece it all back together and get to that and um that's what uh what you are and what you're trying to do it's very um it's, it's, it's gaze and mystery. It's, that's all it is. It's like it's it's, it's doused in it. It's, you can't really do nothing about it. And I don't like the fact that um, that they haven't they didn't do anything different. It's kind of the similar setup. It's um, it's it has that type of feel to it. It's not like, again, you're not going to go to no, uh, no, no busy cities. You're not going to be meeting a lot of NPCs. You're not going to be fighting through crowds of people to get to your enemies they they from software is really good at combat i don't see why the st- and, and and i thought you know the story was going to push the narrative to make it feel like you're on this really strong true adventure and you're and you are this great warrior i thought that would be something like that just imagine that type of gameplay and like a, even a breath breath of the wild type of storyline where you're just you're 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 impacting or at least impacting the world when you're decision making or you're you're doing things where you're changing the your the the your surroundings like from software is good at doing that and then imagine having great stories and things like that it's kind of like why not do that why 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 just why just settle for the norm and um that's where I was kind of confused by it, and um, I think that's where I think that's where we're kind of kind of coming from it. Where it's just kind of like you could have did more. You could have did. Uh, you could have did I better. Agree that they can do better with presenting the story, especially like cutscenes and not having everything just be in like the item descriptions. Mm-hmm. But I I think that that's not if that's not what they're good at they can still improve they should still try to improve but they shouldn't focus on it they should focus on what they're good at because another thing that i didn't like about sekiro is that you don't you don't get to choose your character you don't get to choose the weapons you use the the, how you look um the magic you use or things like that like 
that story was better for them to tell because they didn't have any variation. You're playing as, I don't even remember his name, but you're playing as the, the samurai and you're going out into the world trying to save the boy. Like that's your setup for the story and it's pretty straightforward. Whereas these games, it's not about the story because it's a RPG at the end of the day. Like you, Oh, they wouldn't have tied him to it though, Josh. You have to think about why would they tie George to this game if it wasn't going to be significant in, in any significant way it wasn't i mean the story meaning. might still be interesting it, it's just it's not about how to put it you so everybody hey, is it not about the journey the or is it are you saying it's not, not about the journey or are you saying it's not about the like the storytelling and how it the story it's not is about presented. the cutscenes. it's about yeah, the world. yeah it's correct. Been about the world the world's that's why people like it. They talk about Bloodborne because it's the the lore and the world and the characters that exist in that world. It's never about the cutscenes. So even with this game, I'm saying that he's probably can help them construct an interesting world and you understand how it works and why there's a giant white tree in the sky and stuff like that. And so it'll make sense. But it's never been about the cutscenes because the cutscenes are just you walk through the fog door, the boss jumps down, he says something to you, and you fight the boss. The boss can still be an interesting character, but it's all about giving you an opponent and a reason to keep going to fight the next opponent. It's not about, you know, oh, if you don't fight the boss, then, you know, you can go to this city and help them get food and save the sick people. Like, it's never about that type of story. It's about your goal is to kill the final boss. Right. No, I I get what you're saying there. It's like don't don't ask for something that you might not really like, and and, and like those aspects of it is like not meant to for them to kind of bring into the storyline, which I agree with. Like, they're, yeah, they're not gonna bring you a Last of Us two story and tell you it's bad for killing people in this type of game. Like, no, point this type not of looking for that. <laughs> I'm more so looking. I was more so talking about the whole idea of not having any innovation to how they even present the 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 world because the the world is just to be explored right and the idea behind this project was that the thinking was it behind it was at least that the world would tell the story in a better way at least that's my thought if you're going to bring in george and you're going to have someone that can create a world in a meaningful way don't just provide me what you're already good at i already know you're good at combat i already know you're good at you know uh, creating these these creatures that are memorable and when you're fighting them i know that why not focus on the things that you're not good at that you don't that that you that you don't have people already sold on like you know the story driven elements that you again can tell in the open world space but you're just providing more of the same i guarantee it's just a trailer so i can't say that that's not that's how it's going to be but when i watched the trailer i got more of the same and not something new yeah, I mean, I 
I don't know the extent of the collaboration either, but I feel like from their style of design, it's just he's there to give lore. You know, you're going to fight the boss. and But they were good at lore in the beginning. They were already good at lore. I don't understand that project then. if they Because they, they were already good at it. They just, nobody wanted to go read it. Like, even if you went to go read it, you'll be like, okay, that makes sense. They were good at that. <laughs> like, what's the point of no. George? To create a new world. Like, Dark Souls 1 was interesting, but the other games, if you put all three games next to each other and actually try to map out a story and lore, it doesn't really make sense because it's not supposed to. Like, Dark Souls 3, all they kept talking about was time is convoluted, just to say that that's why this person you killed is back so you can fight him again. Like, it, the lore is interesting to a certain extent, but the story, story is not consistent. Like, it's not truly a story. Like, the Dark Souls games is not a trilogy. Like, there's no through story. So if you actually get hmm. a writer who can help you build a world that's going to continue on itself two or whatever, they actually can have a story because like, like I was about to say, if the bosses are related to each other, they're a family and there are other bosses who are opposing them and you. Like George can tell a story where there's a lot of people in this separate quests and goals and make it make sense so if he can build that world you might actually care more about which bosses you fight or which bosses you don't fight like you know it could still be interesting to have a good writer in the game but it's mainly just to help them build a, a new world but it's told in the same way right yeah i mean i i just don't think they care about you're never going to get a three minute long cut scene of somebody talking ever. Like I wouldn't want that. <laughs> I'm just more so that's what George is good at, but that's not what they're going to do. So they're going to use him for something else. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and I think it's going to still sell extremely well. And I think people really enjoy that said game. And, um, I will more than likely be one of those individuals if, um, obviously the, there was things that well, I always play those types of games. I always find something that kind of, um, that drives me to continue to play it because I don't find it uh, to be super interesting. So it is a little disheartening if the game doesn't do anything different, but at least they have a horse and, at least they have open world esque environments that's um, that you can travel through, and like they still already say that you can go and do. You don't have it's no linear path as usual, so you can go and do things in separate orders, um, and you could just go out and carve out a different journey for yourself. So that stuff there excites me, regardless of whether or not the story or the world is compelling as i would want it to be um, at least those things are promised so as long as those things are promised i think i can have a good time with the game and uh i don't see myself not playing that game especially when i feel like from software makes some of the best combat uh, it's hard it's, it's they have the best combat boss fight combat at least in my opinion, where it comes to like 
engaging fights that needs to be thought about before you just fight them. Um, is it punishing? Yes. I think Sekiro was a little bit more than others, but um, Dark Souls always has a way to kind of, you know, overcome those those things. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to enjoy that game. Um, and, and it will be a day one pickup for me. Elder Royals just yeah. looks good. Hopefully, it's good. I mean, you still got a while. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. January 2022, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, outside of that, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. I don't think I wanted to talk about nothing else outside of E3 just not being good. Um, did you watch all the the conferences, Josh, or just not just some of the stuff that they you saw? Um, I hopped in and out of some. It, I didn't watch all of them. I I watched Microsoft all the way through and Ubisoft. Everybody else was pretty much trash, so I just like tried to catch the highlights. Yeah, so I didn't like Capcom. I didn't like Ubisoft. Um, I didn't like Square Enix. Um, only one I really like was Microsoft at this point. So, I mean, maybe we could talk about that once Nintendo and everything has come out. Because we're shooting this midway through E3. So, once those come out, we could probably have a review of all of the conferences and all the discussions there. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, talk about a lot today. Uh, you can always find this podcast on any podcast station you find your podcast on because i don't know all the stations (laughs) or the platforms uh you can definitely find it on youtube at my channel which is bcd universe it's always on the in the right hand corner of the screen as you're watching the video um and that's spelled bcd universe uh but yeah that's pretty much it for me anything y'all want to say before we head up out of chill I ain't got nothing. God, he has nothing, guys. <laughs> what about man, it? waiting on that on a new Mario game. Obviously, man. Man, what Mario guy? This, this guy needs some new video games in his life. I don't know. Next one, they pro- probably gonna be the next Mario game. I'm assuming Mario Forty One. It, it means it's, go- it's gonna be that. It's gonna be the golf one. But the next Mario game. What's the last thing that came out? Mario Maker 2. Uh, Odin, no, uh, Odyssey. 3D World was last. 3D World. It's going to be so Odyssey. Like they going to do another Odyssey 2. It's going to be Odyssey 2. Mm-hmm. Odyssey 2, um, if not Odyssey, is going to be the... Uh, nope, they just did that one. The Mario Land or the Super Mario World. Um, they're probably going to do Odyssey. If not Odyssey... No, it got to be. That's the last thing that came out in 2017. It's Odyssey. Guaranteed Odyssey is being announced tomorrow. Um, um maybe. Uh, I feel like they ain't gonna show nothing new. Maybe you see Splatoon, maybe you see Pokemon, but I I'm I'm be conservative with my expectations. I would hope they at least show the new console, maybe. I th- th- it's it's all but a, 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 it's all but already confirmed that it's a new console coming. Why don't you just show it? That would make no sense not to show it. Because they didn't show the original Switch until November. Like, they didn't show it at E3. Uh, you're right, yeah. But people going to... 
why why not try to capitalize on the holiday spending? Because Nintendo is going to do what Nintendo do. I guess so if, you're it, right. if it don't come out to the holidays, they might announce it September, October, because mm. they announced it three months before it came out. Before. What about the Nintendo Switch Lite? How long did they get that before it came out? I don't think that was a big announcement. It was probably like a month or two. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, what do you? Um, we can talk about it next time because I want to know the a lot of stuff about that pro. But uh, we'll cut it from here. It's already been um, over two hours. So uh, we hit you up, guys, in next two weeks. Thanks for watching as usual, and we will talk to you guys next time. Peace.